Welcome to Sustainably Influenced, the podcast, hosted by me, Bianca Foley. And me, Charlotte Williams. In this podcast, we explore our efforts to making changes to our lifestyle as influencers, to live a more eco-conscious lifestyle, and hope that we can encourage you to make one small change. This isn't just a podcast for influencers. We want this to be a community of people who are trying to do their bit, where we can learn from one another and share our tips. So join in the conversation over on our Instagram, at Sustainably Influenced. Hello everyone, welcome back to Sustainably Influenced. This week we're discussing Fashion Revolution Week. So this week is Fashion Revolution Week, we're recording real time uh, and it runs from the 20th to the 26th of April. Today is the 24th of April and this is when the episode will go live and um, it's Fashion Revolution Day and it's also the anniversary of the Rana Plaza disaster in Bangladesh where 1,134 people tragically lost their lives seven years ago, many of them being garment workers. Uh, 29 brands were held accountable or kind of called out as part of the disaster. And it kind of led to a greater question to being asked of the fashion industry. So Fashion Revolution is a non-governmental organization. They kind of have teams all over the world. I think it's over 100 countries. Um, And their vision is for a global fashion industry that conserves and restores the environment and values people over growth and profit. What a lovely introduction. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks. Been sitting there doing my research, so I thought I'd give a nice kind of like opening statement about what we're talking about today. Yeah, that's good. It's really interesting, though, because just a disclaimer here, you know well, if, if you're new, you don't. But generally, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know we're learning on the go. So yeah. everything that we talk about and every podcast episode we have, we try to learn from it and, you know, go on. So this was a really interesting episode because um, we had to do a lot of research to make sure that we knew what we were talking about. But then it's definitely helping us with our sustainable journey. So this is great. Exactly. Let's talk a little bit about fashion revolution and what it is that they're kind of aiming to do. And we can talk about um, the transparency index that's come out as well. Mm -hmm. That's big news this week in the ethical sphere. So they, I guess, Fashion Revolution's aim is to end human and environmental exploitation. We know that there are huge amounts of brands that still operate in that way. They're the garment workers are working in really inhumane conditions in a lot of factories across the world. Um, And Fashion Revolution want to kind of instill safe and dignified working conditions and living wages. That's another huge thing. I was listening to some statistics that some factory workers are getting like 24p a day. That's that's just insane. That's not even a a Tesco's croissant that I'll buy in the morning. They'd have to work three days to buy that. Like, just putting it into into perspective for myself. That's insane. I watched a video the other day, actually, about... Um, it was a YouTube video. I can't remember who, who it was. But this woman was talking about the different ways that we could raise um, factory workers' um, wages with and without changing the price for the consumer. Mm-hmm. And it was so interesting. There are so many ways that we can actually do that. Some of them with raising, you know, it's raising... Um, their price but then like keeping everything else still and then the other one was raising the um, you know the wage to maybe like two euros a she used euros as an example two euros a day 
and then um lessening you know the agency fees and some of the other fees that come in and when you looked at it like yeah they shouldn't be making more than the people that actually make the goods and it was just so interesting because the ways that she showed some of them meant that there was no cost to the consumer and it was just like why aren't we doing this I know it you know pennies make pounds and I do understand you know that everyone has targets they have to reach but humans people we are working with humans this is not robots and until you find robots that can do you know that what humans are doing like pay people for the i don't know swear to be swear on this podcast um i mean it's up to you we can we can swear we can (laughs) (laughs) for their their time it's insane um the other thing that they're looking to do is to kind of change culture and like of businesses and make transparency and accountability a a bigger deal than it is currently because there are so many brands that are still not really honest or open about what it is they're practicing um and they want it to go across the value chain not just at the point of one when something's super looking like looking i can't speak looking super glossy in a store and that's when they're talking about it they need to be transparent from the first point of when Mm -hmm. the product's being made or how the uh, the fabrics are being sourced and they want to end throwaway culture which is something that i think is so important we need to get away from this twice wearing like one piece of clothing well is it in london that they say that the average item of clothing is only worn what three times or something ridiculous yeah it's insane um but yeah so that's kind of a background to fashion revolution if you don't know um you got anything you wanted to add on that charlotte yeah looking through the so i looked through the fashion index and it was really well the report and it was really interesting but one of the points you mentioned was about transparency. And I think that's what we're going to talk about a lot today. Um, but it's quite interesting to read the report and could be quite con- um, confusing to consumers because a lot of brands were shouted out for being, you know, really transparent and others aren't. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're sustainable. Exactly. So I think, and a lot of people, which we have been discussing off uh, microphone and we'll go on to talk about them in a bit but a lot of people have in the sustainable kind of area um have brought this up and it's so true and confusing that it um we are commending brands for being transparent but not necessarily for doing good exactly. <laughs> exploitation still happens no matter how transparent you are yeah long that but is kind of like you're telling us that it happened so that's like commendable for you but <laughs> it doesn't mean that it's a good thing that it's happening like it's it's a really weird concept and it just for me it just explains social media in a nutshell um, oh yes definitely. you know as long as you're seen doing good doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be good as long as it's just you're talking about mm-hmm. it um so yeah, that's my little two cents on that side. It makes me think of that saying, you're only good as it like your last miracle kind of thing. It's like, if you're seen to be doing something, therefore you are, but you're not. <laughs> you're really, not. you look at like, and that, um, what is it like those inspirational posters of like icebergs where you only see the tiny bit of iceberg mm-hmm. above and it's all the bit underneath, but that's it. It's, it's like a, it's like the bad guy version of that where it's the brand looks all shiny and, and new on the top, but underneath there's all these horrible, things going on but um so the hashtag who made my clothes Mm -hmm. everywhere at the moment this week is 
the week where we ask brands who made my clothes and what's in my clothes and talk about, I guess, how things are made. And we've got, I'm seeing wonderful images coming out of garment workers and mm-hmm. is showing, holding up a sheet of paper saying, I made your clothes. And you're still seeing people at work, especially in this unprecedented time, because we are recording this again on Zoom because we are in self-isolation. And you're seeing all of these garment workers still going out to work and they're just wearing masks. Yeah. And it's, it just, we're all at home and people are wondering like, why, oh, why do I have to be stuck in the house? But there's people still out there having to work. And again, if anything, it, it really solidifies how crazy the fashion industry can be even more, even at this time. So I think, no, go on, babe. Um, I was going to say, this is the awkwardness of Zoom because we, uh, we're not together. But I was going to say on that note, um, to do with shopping habits, just whilst we are, you know, in lockdown and talking in lockdown, um, to really think about the things that you're purchasing and whether or not it was needed. Because if you think about the people that are going out to work still and essentially risking their lives, um, and entrusting in, in the companies that they work for to have measures in place to make sure that they are safely working, um, to for the for the people who are ma- making things, for the people who are delivering, for the people in the warehouses that are sorting, you know, those people are really important right now, and they're really busy. People haven't stopped shopping, um, exactly, which is worrying. <laughs> Pretty little thing saw a four hundred percent increase in the first two weeks. I think. It's crazy. Like I understand weeks. Like I had, I did a little bit of shopping when I first, when lockdown first hit, because I don't have loungewear clothes. So I was, <laughs> which is crazy. So I, I have loads of dresses, like really nice dresses, and that's probably about it. So I ordered a few. Like I'm gonna put my hands up. I ordered a few bits from H and M, um, for loungewear because I just wanted to make sure that I was comfortable. At, yeah. We don't know where how long it's gonna go. But I haven't really ordered anything since, and I don't really need to because I'm not going anywhere so it's just quite worrying that people are buying like full outfits going out clothes yeah (laughs) it's just confusing but I just think think about what you're I'm not I will never judge anyone I just really want people to take a a minute to think about when you do make purchases um what does that look like on the other side as a consumer sometimes we take away the um the journey and we just see our experience but if you think about the other the other side and what other people are experiencing it's just yeah if you think about it it's just a bit it's sad I know we're going off on a slight tangent but just off the back of what you've just said um yesterday I was looking at Instagram and an influencer who I follow posted this Facebook group that she uh, that she is part of I think she did it for work so she needed to check and see some kind of like customer reviews and customer reviews at the moment are horrific it's as if people have forgotten that there's something going on that exists outside of their four walls and Mm -hmm. reviews saying oh xyz brand didn't pack half of my order and they cancelled half of it and they've refunded me instead of trying to trying to replace the order yeah because stores aren't able to ship things because they don't have product because things aren't being made or they can't get it brought into the country and there's a pandemic so (laughs) it's gross I've seen a lot of comments like that on there have been a few excuse me a few um big retailers uh, I 
like British retailers that have closed um, and they've now reopened and people they refunded people and they were as quick as they can but you know it's quite this it's unprecedented it's quite a crazy situation and the comments on some of their posts were disgusting like people it genuinely confuses me how the general public see things because they were just like I need this stuff I can't believe um you know I've been refunded for my goods okay Sally I'm sorry I don't think you need that jumper like you you want it you don't need it and the fact that you've been given your money back you know that's fine you haven't like it's not an inconvenience to you financially so you shouldn't have to worry yes this is a tangent but it's just (laughs) oh it makes people sick it's disgusting there's um there's a study I've forgotten the guy's name Elmo something um but he says there's like an out of everything that we buy we we really only need 10 percent, and 90 percent of everything that we purchase as consumers is a want and when you start to break that down you can see how little you can really live with and be quite comfortable Mm -hmm. everything else is is extra um but yeah let's get back to the topic and talk about transparency versus I guess sustainability and as you mentioned the transparency index came out this week and H&M were at the top of that list <laughs> has raised some amazing debates in the ethical kind of sphere and where people are talking on Instagram and we've we've just wanted to discuss a couple of posts that we've seen um so yeah do you want to start yeah so I'm going to talk about the Livia Firth one because that's the one I saw the other day so um Livia Firth um is the founder of Eco Age and she is quite a um you know big voice in the sustainability I don't know how to call this industry like it's not I'm not saying industry but area and industry um, and she wrote a post two days ago and it was a rant um, and a self-proclaimed rant. And it really hit, I think, hit the nail on the head. I, disclaimer, I love H&M as a brand. I am a avid shopper there, but I don't pretend that everything that I buy from them mm. is like fully sustainable. Even their conscious collection, I do have questions about, but I'm also not a um con- like a frequent shopper and things I do buy I will probably have for the next 10 to 15 years so that's how my mindset works but um she wrote about how H&M were the top of the 2020 fashion transparency index and um she used the hashtag who made my clothes as an example um I don't know if I want to go too deep into it but you can definitely read the post yourself but she just questions um, the whole transparency side and how transparency isn't necessarily to do with sustainability. And she uses the word greenwashing, which is something we've spoken about before. But something interesting from that post that I really um, recommend you'll go read is that she um, she referenced Tom Ford as an example, which on the report um, was scored zero. <laughs> scored zero on transparency. But she she said that they have never exploited factory workers. So, you know, it's quite this report is like it's a confusing one in the sense that 
it's great to have to be transparent but I think maybe we should also be looking at other things because transparency doesn't necessarily mean anything you can you can tell people that you've done wrong you can be transparent about that but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going on to do good what so, are you doing to fix it yeah that's my issue with the report and I'm I'm confused as a new you know person in this area this is my first time this is my first fashion revolution week and it's my first time looking into this I'm just a bit like huh I don't understand um so maybe in previous years it's made more sense but this year I'm a bit like I don't really understand this report and if that's the case um so yeah Livia Firth is um she's a bit of a pillar when it comes to talking about sustainability but that post really sparked something in my mind because we talk a lot on this podcast about sustainability obviously conscious living and ethical living um they don't all mean the same thing and Mm -hmm. what we try to promote is just like doing your best to be good yeah that doesn't you know damage the environment and the climate um so yeah that's my (laughs) that's my thought on that (laughs) i mean the transparency index is has grown over the years I think the first time they did it, it was like 50 brands that they looked at. And now it's 250 brands. So out of 250 brands, you're, they're telling us that H&M are the most transparent. Fine. Yeah. But they look at a whole bunch of like different criteria and it, like they're ranked on policy and commitments, government governance, traceability, no show and fix. No as in K-N-O-W. Mm-hmm. Um, and spotlight issues. And this is where, and this is where a discussion that we've had previously, um, just Charlotte and I, not, not on the podcast, where I've said, sometimes I feel like you need to take some of this information with a pinch of salt. Yeah. It, things like this and um, the app that you can never say the name of, good on you. Because <laughs> I went to say too good to go then. <laughs> good on you. Like how they rank, how things are ranked in terms of whether it's a brand that's great at what they're doing or they're terrible on the sustainability scale it the things that they're ranked on aren't necessarily the best things to be ranked on or they're, they're great but it doesn't show everything about the brand and unless the yeah. information is readily available or again it's that transparency issue transparency doesn't mean that you are being sustainable um the the other post that we're going to talk about is one by Aja Barber I think she posted this two days ago and it just says on the post in great big letters, transparency is not sustainability. And if, again, this is another self-proclaimed rant, but she goes on to, she raised the issue um, stating that one of the most problematic overproducing brands topped the report. And that line has really stuck out to me because I was thinking it's true. And I feel like there's two arguments to what she was talking about. So I think she said um, that a brand can be transparent but still be exploiting its workers and the, and, the, and the environment. That's the other side of it. It's not just the workers, it's the environment as well. And if their business model is that of high sales equals high profits, if your whole business model is to sell, 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 profit, 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 how then can, even if you are being transparent, how are you looking at the greater good? Yeah the other argument off the back of this, because I did have a read of some of the comments and somebody commented saying that, um, and I think this is where fashion revolution are trying to get to with having the transparency index 
where if brands are being more transparent, does that then mean that as consumers that we can make a more informed decision about our purchases? I said that really with our purchases. Um, does, is that what this is all about? So if you can see what it is and if it's all laid there bare in front of you, do you, are you then able to make a more conscious decision when you are making purchases or if you are affiliating yourself with a brand in any way? And I think their whole mindset as a company is transparency should lead to accountability, which should then like provoke some sort of change. Yeah. But it's there. I mean, fashion revolution do, do put on there and they've put a disclaimer on there saying that they transparency is supposed to be a tool for change, not the end goal. Mm-hmm. But where's it? I just, I transparency isn't the, the greatest thing for me. And I just, my kind of personal view on it is that we should take these kind of indexes and these apps with a pinch of salt and maybe go back to asking more of the brands ourselves so I'm glad that we're we are taking part in the who made my clothes and we have posts coming out off the back of that because it is good to ask the question and to call out the brands not in a negative way but to to, to just to just put the spotlight on them yeah see who makes our clothes what's in them as well so yeah I think this is my issue sometimes with the sustainability movement and it being kind of inaccessible because I just feel like this information is amazing but we do have to take it as you said with a pinch of salt and people who aren't part of this you know the sustainability movement and don't have a full understanding of it will see this and be like, okay, cool, H&M are great to shop at, they're sustainable. Um, And I know sustainability hasn't really been mentioned on the report because that's not what it's about, but everything always like comes in together. Yeah. So I think, again, I'm going to use the word confusing. I, I just think this isn't my issue with the Fashion Revolution report. This is my issue with sustainability in general because it's a term that doesn't have like a official definition it's really confusing for for the general public so it's used so widely as well yeah and there are different ways to be sustainable and it's just this lack of understanding it makes me quite sad because it makes people feel like they can't do things and we discussed this in the show pay episode she was talking we were talking about our sisters and her specifically she said that her sister um doesn't follow sustainability because she feels um like it's out of reach yeah it's out of reach and she'd be judged because she's not fully sustainable da, da, da. and I guess this is why we, we we launched this podcast because we wanted to go deeper and help you know like normal people like us understand what sustainability actually means and how they can do little things to to make changes but I just think we need more conversation for like the general public and not specifically focused around a retailers and b people who are part of the movement um yeah. So that, yeah, that's just my comment on this. But again, I'm not, this episode isn't to bash anyone because obviously everything that gets done is a step in the right direction. And I think it's amazing. And I did see some of the comments on Aja's posts um, that went in and kind of bashed Fashion fashion Revolution a bit. And she made a big claim, like statement, said this is not what this post was about. I'm like removing myself from this conversation because I'm not here to bash them. I'm just talking about you know the topic of transparency in general so yeah yeah. and I think people tend to with that with confusion in mind they're not 
I think because the language is the language is so vague that people can't people aren't understanding exactly where the argument lies or what the topic at hand is and they want to discuss sustainability as a wider thing but there's so many nuances in it that I just it is it is confusing and I think sustainability is such a wide term and it means so much to so many people and going back to that making it like it needs to be more attainable for people um because you look at plus size women and men there's not that much available for them in terms of sustainability and bad enough high street brands don't cater for everyone yeah. let alone sustainable brand and then thinking about the budget aspect of it sustainable brands are normally a lot more expensive mm-hmm. and not everybody and as you said sustainability looks different for everyone it's not necessarily going out and buying all these sustainable brands it could just be shopping vintage having your things for a longer time, mending your clothes. And I know that's that's kind of reflective of us and how we are as consumers because mm-hmm. that we're quite different in how we shop. Um I mean, do you want to give your like give your Yeah. This yeah. is really funny because I'm I'm doing a live this afternoon with the Sustain Mac and I'm yeah. talking about this pretty much it's about um accessible sustainability. Um so yeah, as B and I are quite different in that I am not anymore. I used to be when I was younger, but I'm not a big shopper. Um, And I think that's mainly stemmed from starting my own business and having to be really tight with my money. Um, I've always been really thrifty. Like my mum raised me to be like that. And I know you have as well. But um, in the last like three years, I've become really tight and I've only bought things as and when I need them. And then as I've got more into being conscious with my shopping, I've then thought about sustainability and being more ethical. And that's kind of produced um, me who I am today. But I like to shop. um, I love to shop secondhand. You know, I've mentioned this many times. I love eBay. I live for eBay. Um, I've reignited my fire. Yeah, I, I love it. I love buying gems that people have. Like there's two sides to it. I love buying gems that people have in their house that they haven't worn like for my birthday my boyfriend paid for me to buy um which sounds really weird um a Prada bag and it's a vintage Prada bag from the noughties that this lady has had in her house forever and not used and it's beautiful it's pretty much the same as what they're the new I can't remember what it's like the new the, style that yeah the new it's a nylon hobo I think it is yeah um it's identical to what they're they're selling now Um, and I got it for a fraction of the price and also it's sustainable because I bought it from someone who's had it since like 2000 and I think she got it in like 2001 or something so Mm. and that makes me happy because she has you know gifted that to me in a sense even though I paid for it so things like that really excite me but then I also love finding trends and then buying them secondhand because I'm not really a trend piece kind of person yeah I I do wear pretty like unless I'm wearing bright colors and like flowers and stuff it's stuff that can go on forever I don't like to buy trends I don't think I look good in most trends anyway so if I do buy a trend or like a going out piece that I probably won't wear over and over again I'll make sure that I do buy it second hand and I do I will purchase something from like pretty little thing or some somewhere like that because 
whatever I do, they're still going to be making those goods. Like I'm not going <laughs> to, I yeah. am personally by not buying from them. And I've never really been a fat, big fan because they don't make clothes for my shape anyway. Yeah. It goes for the big boob, big bum people. And I have neither of those. And um, so I, if I were to buy something from eBay, that might be a pretty little thing or a brand that's not necessarily sustainable or, you know, maybe even ethical. Um, I will buy it from someone secondhand because yeah. they bought it as a trend piece. They're not going to wear it again. They've used their one picture on Instagram and then they're Some. going to pass it on. So I'm happy to be the person that they pass it on to. So that's how I shop. And then you're, um, you do also do that, but yeah. then. I think I, I used to be more like you. I was always, I've always been quite thrifty. I like to repurpose things. When I was younger, I fancied myself as a budding designer. <laughs> Budded into anything. Um, like I've got a bunch of half-made pieces. Um, and also I really hate sewing. I yeah, can do it, it, but I hate doing it. Um, but now I've realised for me, I'd rather have less items and spend a little bit more on them if they've been made in a better way, if they've mm-hmm. been made in a more ethical way or there's less pieces being made. And that's a big thing for me. Like I don't like when there's a million runs of everything. I just want, I want something that less people have and you're less likely to bump into somebody on the high street wearing it. Yeah. And I think for me, I'd rather spend a little bit more, really get my use out of something. And then I am the queen of reselling. If something, if I've bought something and I think to myself down the road, I'm like, mm, I'm, I'm that person that would then sell to Charlotte because <laughs> I believe in the circular nation, uh, nature of fashion. I think we've been working on this linear model for too long where it's buy, wear, bin, when it should be buy, wear, resell, somebody else does it. And then it passes on to somebody else and reduces that, that waste. And all right, if I've paid 200 pounds for a dress and I sell it for a hundred, but I've got my, and then it's that cost per wear aspect mm-hmm. is decreased <laughs> essentially because I've resold it and made some money back and then I can invest that in something else. To yeah. me, fashion has always been an investment. And this is why, and when we've discussed like designer handbags and stuff like that, I see them as an investment because I do resell my items and I've just bought yeah. a Fendi bag on eBay as well. Which so pretty. I love my bag. And again, uh, it's, it's a vintage piece. I think it's 15 years old and it is authentic. And I paid barely anything for it it was well relative to people's incomes oh yeah no no in terms terms of what no in terms of what um the current bag is yeah yeah what the current version is it's still a lot of money but in comparison to I think the relevant one is that's out now is 1400 and I paid less than 200 pounds for it on ebay so I'm just, just for the comparison and I guess to put the perspective there and again, it's sustainable and we're not adding to landfill in that. So I've got to imagine, could you imagine if you had a, a Fendi bag or a Prada bag and it went to landfill? My heart. <laughs> we like nice things. We still like nice things. Yeah. Um, it's interesting to see that two of the brands that, especially in black and minority ethnic groups, <laughs> we've called out like Gucci and H&M, they're yeah, actually seen as two of the more transparent or ethical, like they're going down the ethical road, like when it comes to brands. And it really, 
it baffles me because we still buy into that a little bit so this is what I'm talking about with transparency like they 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 did what they did and they've apologized for it so they were transparent that's what that means um but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a good thing so yeah it's um it's a bit of a minefield yeah it made me think I was thinking about it yesterday I was like when did H&M become okay again (laughs) (laughs) well I was like oh well did we all just forget the memo that we weren't gonna shop there but I mean I can't lie I still liked H&M I'm a terrible person (laughs) yeah I just yeah it's it's tough you have to like there are different types of people in this world and there are different types of people in each movement and there are the hardcore radicals and then there are the kind of middle people and then there are the lighter side and I just think do what is right for you do what makes you feel good but know in your heart what your ethics are and if they're being um yeah if that message is being met so um be mindful be conscious yeah do what makes you happy and just foresight before you make a decision I guess don't act on impulse and don't shop on impulse exactly yeah oh that's actually really good and are we finished because that's a great ending yeah I like that I feel like this is a nice place to end um if anybody has any questions comments or would like to just chime in on this conversation then please feel free to send us a dm leave a comment on any of our posts we are at sustainably influenced on instagram thanks for joining us i'm gonna let charlotte do the peace out peace out (laughs) you can't see i did peace out but bye bye